Hi, and welcome to Seasonal, where we interview chefs, farmers, and food critics to highlight local cuisine and explore how it differs from season to season. I'm your host, Maria Tripodis, a registered dietitian, founder of Rebel Nutrition, and a complete food nerd. In this space, I hope to link together the local restaurant scene and farming landscape by speaking with the individuals who bring it all together. Join me on today's episode as I get to know some of Miami's favorite farm and culinary experts to pick their brains about what fuels their fire. And without further ado, let's get seasonal. Hey everyone, welcome to Seasonal Season 1, Episode 9. I want to just give everyone a quick booch update. As if you all haven't had enough booch content lately, I know, but just really quickly, I told you guys last week that I was going to flavor my kombucha brew with the local tropical fruit that I got in Homestead, and it turned out amazingly. Best batch I've had, so I flavored two of the bottles mango passion fruit and if you guys remember from last week Angie from counterculture kombucha said that passion fruit is just a delicious pairing with kombucha just because the flavors balance each other out very well and yes I totally agree with that um the mango can tend to be really sweet in a kombucha um I had that problem with my last batch I did a mango flavor and it was just way too sweet for me so I did a little less mango and I put a bunch of passion fruit in it and it was delicious it was sweet and sour and it had this delicious balance of flavors and that was definitely my favorite flavor that I made um I also flavored two of the bottles with lychee And that was delicious as well. It was sweet, not too sweet. I loved that very subtle lychee flavor. Really, really good. I highly recommend that. And then the last two bottles, I flavored ginger lemon. So that's just a classic one that I always do every single batch. But um, very successful brew. It takes a long time to brew. So I already started my next batch. So hopefully I'll have kombucha sooner this time rather than having to wait so long. But anyway, um, very successful. Thank you, Buster, Angie, and Natalie for those tips on flavoring and brewing. And I can't wait to just learn and experiment more um, during my quarantine. Also, I just want to mention to everybody to please, please show your support for the podcast by heading to anchor.fm, searching seasonal and clicking support so I can keep this podcast alive and going. And I will also have a link up in the show notes so you can access it there too. So, okay, today we have Eater Miami food editor Ollie Fowler joining us and she is an expert on all things Miami dining. And I can't wait to chat with her today to answer all of my burning questions about what the heck is going on right now. So sit back, relax, and let's talk about the distressing and vulnerable state that our local restaurants are in. (laughs) But okay, at least try to relax. All right, let's get to chatting with Ollie. 
So today I have with me Ollie Fowler of Eater Miami. I'm so excited to chat with her. Ollie, thank you so much for joining me today. Of course. Thank you for having me. Of course. So can you start by telling us, okay, we're all confused. (laughs) Just start by telling us what is happening right now with the Miami-Dade dining restrictions. And this was kind of like a week ago that this was really getting all the hype. But why are chefs and restaurant employees and restaurant owners in the area kind of fighting back? Yeah, so about actually about a week ago, uh, Miami-Dade Mayor Carlos Jimenez basically issued a, a press release via a tweet saying, um, you know, we're going to close down all dining uh, within restaurants, both indoor and outdoor dining. Uh, the restaurant industry was very upset by this announcement. There, mm-hmm. there was really no kind of forewarning of this about 12 hours later he takes he takes that back and says oh no you know outdoor dining is still permitted but he gave some new restrictions he said that basically there's only four people can dine at a table that's the maximum uh you know the standard safety protocols where the tables need to be six feet apart and he also um has a new curfew so no dining past 10 p.m any night Mm. of the week uh between 10 p.m and 6 a.m Takeout and delivery is also available, uh, but it does close uh, in in room dining for restaurants. Okay. So a lot of the restaurants were, you know, I, I interviewed a lot of uh, restaurant owners throughout Miami-Dade County last week, and they said that they're just more upset about like the lack of communication that the local mm-hmm. governments gave them, you know, including the different municipalities there's 37 municipalities in miami-dade county alone so like city of miami city of miami beach you know city of hialeah city of miami like all those are municipalities um so apparently none of those mayors gave any sort of warning any sort of indication that this kind of regulation was happening and a lot of the restaurant owners also feel like they're they were unfairly targeted for this Mm. because they didn't they weren't given scientific proof that you know, they're the reason for the uptick in uh, in, oh, in COVID cases down here in South Florida. That makes sense. Yeah. So there was no proof, and they were like, they were asking for scientific proof. Yeah. So a lot, 50 restaurant owners got together um, early last week. They wrote a letter to the mayor asking, you know, for certain things, including the scientific proof, mm-hmm. uh, amongst some other things. And then they actually protested in downtown Miami on Friday morning uh, about all these new uh, regulations placed on them. So that is currently where we are. Uh, The mayor says that he doesn't want to reopen in-room dining until we're under 5% positivity. I don't know the latest numbers, but I believe we're somewhere in the the mid to high 20s -hmm. right now in terms of positivity rates. Mm -hmm. And just to give you some context, uh, when we closed dining rooms in March, we were at 19% positivity rate, and it took us six weeks uh, with basically the entire country being shut down for us to get under 5% positivity. Oh, my gosh. So, so that's not happening. So, yeah. So it seems like they're going to have a while yeah. to go. Yeah. So, I mean, rightfully so. A lot of a lot of chefs, a lot of restaurant owners, you know, they said that they just basically take out delivery is just too tough, and it doesn't you know, pay the rent, unfortunately, and and that's kind of where they are. They've had to to bring on staff just to let them go again. They mm. a lot of them bought uh, PPE, which you know, and, and spent 
tens of anywhere from tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars on these products, you know, sanitation methods, training their staff. And, you know, and then they basically had to shut their doors a few weeks after reopening. Yeah, because it's kind of I I agree with them because it's there's some workplaces that people are still going into work and then restaurants if they're following the precautions and they're doing social distancing and all these things and they're really taking the time to train their staff then yeah why are restaurants being targeted and and I'm sure they were looking forward to around this time of year like June July and they could start opening things up again and now they're kind of being targeted not to and of course it's restaurants are places that people like to socialize and convene and get together and maybe that they were thinking it would be hard to control people if they're drinking or whatever but um it's difficult because these are people's livelihoods and restaurant workers they need like they need their everyone needs their paychecks but it's it's difficult that they're just being singled out like that absolutely absolutely and that is what a lot of these restaurant owners are saying Mm -hmm. i mean i did talk to a, a few restaurant workers as well that did voice some concern about you know still working in such enclosed environments okay. um you know so there, there are arguments on both sides yeah. I, and i and i see it from both sides yeah um it's just it's it's an unfortunate lay of the land and and i i feel like the restaurant industry is so crippled already prior to this second wave of shutdowns mm-hmm. like i just don't see how a lot of restaurants are going to be able to to survive yeah to survive this unfortunately and I was thinking too like the area of well Wynwood but also Midtown and kind of the whole like Buena Vista area where mm-hmm. like Upper Biscayne where all these restaurants are opening up or they were even some places weren't even open yet and how are they even able to sustain that mm-hmm. that rent they're probably not all these places are probably unable to open up now yeah yeah, it's unfortunate. So, okay. So as it stands right now, the restaurants are able to accommodate outdoor seating, right? Yeah. So yeah. I saw some pictures that um, some restaurants in Wynwood are kind of making these barriers and making these artificial, mm-hmm. like these mm-hmm. new outdoor seating yeah. arrangements that they didn't have before. Yeah. So, um, yeah, can you tell talk a little bit about that and what else are restaurants having to do now to accommodate to this? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, that's what's happening in Woodwood. A lot of these um, business development groups like the the Wynwood bid, the Coral Gables bid, the Downtown Development Association, they're all kind of working with their respective cities and the county mm-hmm. to, you know, close down certain roads or partially close down certain roads so the restaurants that mm. maybe don't have outdoor seating can you know, put some tables out there. Yeah. Prime example of that is the the closure of Ocean Drive, which actually has kind of been a um a controversial point because a lot of restaurants owners are sitting and saying that, you know, they're, they're kind of bending the rules a bit. I haven't witnessed it personally. That is just kind of what I've heard through the grapevine. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so a lot of, a lot of neighborhoods I feel do feel the pain for these restaurants and they're trying to accommodate wherever they can. Um, And, and some are doing it, you know, like it's going to be really interesting downtown Miami. They're going to be doing that in the next few weeks. Like you said, Wynwood's doing it. I know a few restaurants, Coral Mm -hmm. Gables, um, certain 
certain landlords are letting people use uh, parking lot spaces if they're if they have parking lot spaces oh, to wow. to set up tents. Um, but then it's then these restaurants then have to go buy tents. They need to get you know outdoor furniture. They need to get fans. They need to you know mm-hmm. make it look like. Uh, give it some atmosphere too which is not a cheap endeavor because like do you want I mean it's already miserably hot outside we're having one of the hottest summers ever on record and then to be Mm -hmm. sitting outside in July in Miami under basic yeah in a parking lot under a tent (laughs) like that is and then you and then you pay a premium so that's you know that's uh, a tough tough position for restaurants who are already hurting who have been closed for months to be put in but it's it seems like the unfortunately the only real solution at the moment Mm -hmm. yeah I didn't even think about that because I love eating out at restaurants it's it's one Mm -hmm. of my favorite I'd rather do that than go out to a bar any day of the week I just love it (laughs) and I haven't been able to do it in so long obviously but Mm -hmm. part of the reason why I'm so excited to eat out at a restaurant again is to yeah, like enjoy the the atmosphere and kind of have a change of scenery. And so I'm sure mm-hmm. that restaurants and restaurant owners are mindful of that and they don't want their customers who are finally getting out of the house and enjoying their dining experience at their restaurant to be sitting on an ugly sidewalk or parking lot. So I didn't even think about like how yeah. they have to account for all that yeah. extra cost. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And after they've already invested all this time and money into you know the the additional safety measures that they have to abide by yeah um in order to open in the first place so as you were saying that what came to mind was the street in coral gables giralda how they did that i mean they've they did this what Mm -hmm. was it like three years ago or two years ago where they turned that street into they paved it and now it's like a huge Mm -hmm. destination and they they have kind of a covering over it Mm -hmm. but now people love Love that and it's it's a ton yeah. of outdoor seating so i wonder if we're going to start seeing that around miami dade in the long term yeah i mean i could certainly see i think outdoor dining will very much be in demand for the foreseeable future i mean you know we're lucky here in south florida where we have kind of year-round weather that you can sit outside like yeah if you think of other cities like right now it's beautiful up in in chicago new york but come a couple months from now and it's brutal to be sitting outside yeah. and and you can't you can't so at least in Miami you can dine outside year round mm-hmm. um so at least we have that for the restaurants that do have that um at least we have that kind of going for us yeah not that I'm saying it's a silver lining I mean but then again um, we have mosquitoes and all of that so. yeah exactly exactly <laughs> and very very hot 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 weather oh right yeah now too. extremely so humid, it's, yeah. it's not it's not um it's not conducive to a very enjoyable experience, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. So aside from maybe seeing more outdoor dining experiences around here, what do you think? I mean, this is something I've been thinking about and I can't really wrap my head around it, but do you think we'll be seeing any other long-term changes in the way our local restaurants operate around here? Like in terms of, we, we mentioned the outdoor dining, but maybe in terms of putting more resources or emphasis into their 
takeout and delivery options and kind of thinking about that experience for their customers and refining that experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you all have been talking about it at Eater, but if they're, what have you guys been kind of thinking in the long term, Mm -hmm. long term effects of this would be? Yeah, I mean, to your point, I think uh, uh, delivering takeout will certainly be a stronger focus. Mm -hmm. Um, I was kind of surprised, like, during that about six week period where uh, you know, dining, dining kind of fully reopened down here. Well, now fully, we were at 50% capacity mm-hmm. that a lot of restaurants just got rid of their takeout and delivery options. And I was like, just because we're reopened doesn't mean that we're not in a pandemic. Yeah. Like the numbers are on the, on a rise. Yeah. I personally on either Miami don't feel comfortable, uh, promoting indoor dining right. or really on site dining right now. It's just like the numbers are way too high. Right. So I'm, I've only been doing takeout and delivery focus maps. Mm-hmm. I will put in notes, you know, like, hey, outdoor dining is available also at this restaurant, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But the focus is takeout and, and delivery. And I think a lot of restaurants have stepped up on the plate uh, to the plate, you know, for instance. Um, and I think some have actually found new like revenue sources like a. Uh, Stanzioni 87 in Brickle, they're doing uh, frozen pizzas now. Mm, and wow. so they, they they basically make their pizzas like and then flash freeze them mm. and they're selling like hotcakes there oh, and they're delicious and you can have the, yeah. And, you know, and I don't think they'll ever get rid of that. Um, I know Takiza, which is a popular taqueria down here. Um, they're now selling all their meats and, and veggies and stuff by the pound oh. and their masa by the pound. And they're shipping it too. So they're getting, you know, like they can ship their famous masa to someone in California and they can. So I think um, certain restaurants have been able to really like pivot and add new lines of revenue. Yeah. Obviously for those are a little more casual concepts. I think, um, you know, it'll be a little tougher for a fine dining experience to do something Mm -hmm. like that, but you know, places can make it happen. Um, so I think those things, I think they're going to start building with more, like when we do start kind of reopening restaurants in a normal way, again, I think people are going to be building them out and and putting them together with safety in mind. Mm -hmm. You know, these, I think the days of a crowded restaurant where you can barely pull out your Mm -hmm. chair are, Mm -hmm. are behind us. (laughs) Um, You know, safety is going to be, yeah, I think there's just safety is going to be number one moving forward for, for really years to come, because even if we do get a vaccine, it's not like it's going to be readily Mm -hmm. distributed right away either. You know, there's going to be a, a, a while between, um, you know, when the vaccine can mm-hmm. really reach the masses, yeah. unfortunately. So that's just, that's just how it's, it's gonna, we're gonna be in this for yeah. a long, long time. I'm kind of and, realizing that too. And it's yeah. so, it's just so sad to me because like I, so I actually first started this podcast at the very beginning of the pandemic and I, <laughs> I had to kind of change all of my content around and um, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'll just, I'll just be doing this for a few weeks. It'll be fine. And then as I was doing more and more of my interviews, I I even said, my listeners will remember this, but I said in an episode, I I want to ask you a quick question about COVID, but I feel like everyone's sick of hearing about it. So I'm just going to touch on it briefly. And I said that that was like a, a couple months ago that I said that. And now to be doing <laughs> this whole interview is about COVID is like, I'm just beside myself. I can't believe it that I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. but yeah, when you were mentioning um, before the, the different revenue streams, 
I thought of Gramps, the bar in Wynwood. Mm-hmm. They have started bottling up their cocktails and they're selling their they have these delicious specialty cocktails Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and this was kind of the first time they did this early on and this was kind of the first time I even saw anything like this but they have these beautiful glass liter bottles and they have Mm -hmm. a logo on the sticker and they they sell um their cocktails in the bottles and then they sell like whatever like rosemary's baby is one of their famous cocktails and they'll sell it they'll like sell it with a little sprig of rosemary and so they have the little fixings with it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but um i thought that was such a good idea because people were just going and picking up the cocktails and they could have their own little fun night at home yeah absolutely yeah and then i saw recently actually on instagram i don't know the name maybe you would know i don't know the name of it but it's this sushi restaurant that their to-go boxes are, it's like this beautiful, colorful cardboard bento box and they have it all separated into beautiful little sections and it was, and you just open the box and it's just shocking how beautiful it is. And it's just a to-go sushi box. Yeah, I think that might be, you're either thinking of Omakai, which is um, a omasake-style restaurant that opened up a few months ago in okay. Wynwood, and they're doing basically an omakase at home, Yeah, um, which I actually had it last week. It was really, really good, and it's, it's really well-priced. I believe it's, it's $40 oh, for wow. the box. Or there's a, there's another place that I've seen a lot on social media as of late. It's called Poki OG, mm-hmm. and they've been doing the, the colorful sushi boxes oh, as well. So that's oh, not wow. a proper omakase. But yeah, exactly. Like restaurants are kind of pivoting. There's so many like make your own kits. Um, you can there. There's a ton of make your own pasta kits, make your own taco kits, make your own pizza kits, make your own. You know, you yeah. you name it. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of people have really gotten into that. Um, you know, make your own burger kits. Yeah, I love uh, that because so, it's also like a little activity, yeah. like a date night mm-hmm, or something. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. Lord knows we we're running out of things to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think it's such an interesting thought that these restaurants. I mean, if they're smart, they should start pooling their resources into because now they know that most of their dining, most of their customers right now are going to be takeout and delivery. They should really focus on that experience for them. Mm-hmm. So like if they open up that special customized box and they see how beautiful it is and that adds to their experience and that adds to their their thoughts of that restaurant how they remember it and I think instead of just a simple styrofoam takeout box or whatever that it would be cool if these restaurants could start kind of pooling more resources into that experience um, instead and really focus on the orders and how just think about how their experience would be while they're eating at home and it still reflects mm-hmm. what the restaurant dining experience would be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, there's a few restaurants that I think have done a really fantastic job of like takeout, like La Petite Maison and Brickle, uh, they come, this, all their delivery and takeout comes in this beautiful, like, hand-painted bag. Oh I've actually been using my bag, like, all summer. Wow. Like, um, and they give you, like, a Spotify list, to playlist. Like, oh, like, my goodness. That's so sweet. Yeah, um, yeah, it's awesome. And then I'm not sure if you've been to the restaurant, but, like, their whole signature thing is, you know, they have, like, at the table, they have tomatoes um, and olive oil mm-hmm. and all that stuff for you to, like, cut up at the table so they give you all those I like that. and bread like kind of sides that you would get for the experience mm-hmm. 
you would get it um oh, in, the... in your delivery bag. Oh my god. And then they do beautiful like uh you know, they'll do all their martinis and stuff to go to. Uh, see, um, that's what that's so exactly what I'm talking about. Stuff. That's exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. Like have yeah, like also I mean that's very very well done, but just going back to Grams cuz I actually mm-hmm. did this. Um they mm-hmm. along with their cocktails just to to make the experience to just think it through a little a step further they had this virtual dance party with a a two-hour long dj and so people could just enjoy their cocktails at home and like a virtual dance party in their living rooms so that's really taking that extra step and thinking you know like just thinking through what okay who's our who are our customers what what do we want their home experiences to be like and and it just you could still have that relationship with your favorite restaurant or your favorite bar, even without having to physically go in. You know? mm-hmm. So I think that's super important for restaurants to keep in mind. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so now for what I really am excited to talk about. <laughs> um, all right, so as you probably know by now, this podcast is about, you know, highlighting the food seasons and um, really celebrating them. And so I kind of hated that this whole pandemic occurred during tropical fruit season, which is such an exciting time to be living in Miami. And I just I've talked about this before on other episodes, but I just really didn't want this tropical fruit season to come and go and Mm -hmm. people to not even experience it or even think about it, you know, so I just want you to kind of talk about like, I know there's chefs in the area who like I do who look forward to this season all year, Mm -hmm. all year, and they really do a good job of incorporating that tropical fruit and stone fruit into their dishes and into their cocktails. So which restaurants are really good about doing that and kind of shifting their menu to reflect the seasonality? And Mm -hmm. if if people in the area want to experience that, where should they be looking? Yeah, so I mean, like anything that this year has been a different one. I think um, restaurants that are still open and still serving aren't doing as extensive of menus right now because it's just like, it's food costs, unfortunately. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, they don't have as much wiggle room to kind of play around with specials and stuff like that. So I would say, you know, like I I actually like way, 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 way back when um, I used to actually do, uh, like high-end produce sales. Oh wow! So I, I know this. Um, I know this this world pretty well. And and um, yeah. So Miami's season, unfortunately, is really like the peak of season is yeah. I'd say like February March mm-hmm. down here for us in terms of produce. And then um, mm-hmm. you know everything was shutting down yeah. right around that time, unfortunately. Uh, but there are a few places still doing some interesting stuff on. Um, for instance, Ghee. I, I'm not sure if you've ever been there. The Ghee is Indian. Yes, um, it's one of my favorites. Yeah, he, so Neven has actually a uh, a farm down in Homestead that I've had the, the, the pleasure of visiting. Oh, it's super awesome. impressive. Um, and he he's really big on, like, local fruits, but he also brings in different uh, produce from, you know, that are indigenous to other parts of the world that are kind of hard mm. to come by here. Um, I was cool. perusing his menu. He, so he, he changes his menu all the time. That's kind of his, mm-hmm. his thing. Um, but right now he has a star fruit salad 
on the menu, the, the current oh, menu. Yeah. And I say, I say he changes his menu a lot. So in case anyone's listening to this, please go online. And, <laughs> and check it's gone. Because, like, <laughs> please go online and check his menu because just because I'm saying it's on the menu today doesn't mean by the time someone's right. listening it, it's because yeah. something like that is very seasonal. But um, yeah. that's not something you see every day. It's a star fruit yeah. salad and it's topped with a coconut um, mint dressing. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I also saw he had a lychee salad a few weeks ago. Yeah, exactly. So looked, it looked so good. He is, and and it it all is literally grown at his farm, which is like wow. super impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not something a lot of restaurants have access to that can pull yeah. off. Um, you know, it's just it, that's how it is. There's a new place. It's called Over and Under, and it's in downtown Miami. It just opened a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and they they have a thing a jackfruit Jamaican patty on their menu, yeah. which I found super interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's an interesting way to use a tropical fruit like a jackfruit, mm-hmm. and um, also it's a way for them to appeal to vegetarians and vegans mm-hmm. in the group. Uh, yeah. You know, while they still kind of get the that Jamaican patty flavor, and I thought that was a really interesting use. Yeah. Then they also have great frozen pina coladas. I know those mm. are pretty easy to come by in Miami, but you know, just, <laughs> just got to throw that out there. <laughs> you just got to throw that out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then another place that has some interesting stuff right now is Dasher and Crank is making a bunch of tropical mm-hmm. surveys right now. Mm-hmm. The one that really um, stood out to me was this passion fruit one that they're doing with Shinola passion fruit liqueur, mm-hmm. which is actually a local um, brand down here that's oh, wow. pretty popular in cocktails. And then it's it's with a ahi amarillo, which uh, part of my my butchering of Spanish, but <laughs> um, so and then they're doing and then a uh, local Lincoln's Beard uh, Brewing just launched a new mango sour beer, oh, and that's in conjunction right with the Fairchild Gardens. Yeah, there you go, <laughs> right up uh, with a Fairchild Gardens mango. They're doing kind of a you know how they do a mango festival every yeah. year, so they're doing kind of a an abbreviated version of that. And then they're doing a lot of stuff. It's called Mango Days of Summer. Um, and it's running all month long. They're doing a, a mix of kind of smaller, smaller group, not, not group, um, smaller kind of activations at the, the gardens. And then, um, mm. and then some online kind of classes and stuff too. Oh, awesome. And then, you know, the king I'd say down here of like kind of tropical fruits in, in using them is um, Antonio Bashor. Um, at his restaurant, all his desserts, like he's, he's like the king, like passion fruit and he loves every tropical mm, fruit Love that. and all his, his desserts are beautiful. Like they're just like little pieces of art. Like you almost Aww. don't want to bite into them, but I would certainly suggest you do. Um, and he, 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 he's the master of them. And that's here, in the, no is doubt. that in the Gable or is that in South Miami yeah. or the Gables? Yeah. It's, it's in Coral Gables. He has a location also in timeout market, but that's currently closed. Okay, um, yeah. I believe until okay. the fall. Yeah. I got to try those. I I've been wanting to, to go there for months and I haven't been there yet to brochure. Yeah. I heard it's awesome. Yeah. It's amazing. Okay, good. All right. So that's, yeah, it's really exciting. And like you said before, I I didn't even think about this, but yeah, tropical fruit is, it is, it is expensive. And I, I'm sure for chefs right now, their mm-hmm. priority is just trying to keep their operations up and running. And it's, yeah. and I know chefs, part of the joy of their job is getting to create new things and, exp- and experiment in the kitchen and 
I'm sure a lot of them are hurting right now because they can't really focus on that as much. They don't really have the flexibility to be able to do that right now. But if people see that on a menu, please please take advantage of it because we're not going to have that all year round. Exactly. Yeah. So can you, okay, what is the deal with Miami Spice this year? So it's (laughs) like, why? So is it starting earlier just to kind of, as a way to kind of help the restaurants out or what is going on? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so Miami um, spice, which is traditionally a two month program. It runs um, Mm -hmm. usually the months of August and September down here when those are kind of our slower months, there's not a lot of tourists in Miami. It's kind of peak hurricane season as well. So it was originally um, launched right after the 9-11 attack, well, like the the year after the 9-11 attacks to help kind of boost the restaurant um, community. Usually there's about anywhere, last year I believe there's more than 250 restaurants participating in Miami Spice. Um, So this year, a lot of restaurants like City of Miami, Miami Beach, none of them could even open their restaurants until May 27th. Uh, and then Miami Spice rolled out officially June 1st. Um, okay. A lot of restaurateurs were kind of, you know, claiming they were surprised that this rollout was even happening. They, they didn't know about it. Oh, um, no. The GMCBB, which is in charge, you know, did send out an email in early May saying they were going to launch it sooner. I did see the email, so I can attest okay. to that. I, I just have a feeling that it kind of got lost in the shuffle, right. unfortunately, with a lot of these people. So I, I think there was a lot of confusion when it originally launched. Um, the restaurants, instead of having to commit to, you know, the, the August, September, they could kind of commit to whatever they they could commit to, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like if, if they wanted to start in July, they could start in July. If they wanted to start in September, they could start in September. Like there was like no, a free for all you know, like, at this point. It is. It was. There wasn't a ton of structure around mm-hmm. it. You know, I think the GMCVB came from a good place with this program. Yeah. Like they were trying to get people to dine back out, but I think it also kind of confused a lot of people. And it also talking to some chefs and restaurateurs. Um, they were sitting and telling me, you know, like the lead up to Miami Spice, they do all these big events and, yeah. and dinners and promotions. And there was none of that this year. Like the excitement around it didn't yeah. exist this year. And I'm sure they spend time in the kitchen, like cr- trying to create the menus and testing recipes and everything. Yeah, yeah. And and it's a numbers game, too, because they're like, you know, if we're if it's a it's a if they bring in a hundred people for the Miami space and the restaurants can afford it. But when there's only, you know, a, a, they can only seat half the, the room. And now, now people can only dine outside. Yeah. It, isn't, it, it just, it, it doesn't make a lot of fiscal sense to, to ask these restaurants who've been shut down for months. Hey, can you open up and can you give discounted menus? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's tough on everyone involved. Um, Going back to our kind of takeout delivery, they're actually letting restaurants offer takeout and delivery um, for Miami Spice this year. So that could be something. I think, I mean, who knows where the news cycle is going to be <laughs> like tomorrow, let alone um, yeah. beginning of August. But a lot of restaurants that I've spoken to uh, decided to hold off until August, yeah. the traditional start date, um, to do Miami Spice. 
I know on Eater Miami, um, we're not really covering it until August, just because that's when, you know, restaurants are really going to get involved. Um, But again, who knows, who knows where we're going to be by August one. Mm -hmm. Um, And and what Miami Spice is really going to look like this year. I think, you know, I think the GMCBB had good intentions. It was just a a fumbled rollout. I get that because they're they're trying to I f- I'm sure they feel you know they feel for these restaurants so they're just trying to do anything to help them so I I get that but I'm just trying to picture what a Miami Spice delivery or takeout meal would look like because it's just a bunch of small plates and yeah. all those little boxes and it's just, it yeah. not have the same presentation if it's in like a little takeout box so we'll see how that looks hopefully they'll they'll kind of plan mm-hmm. around that if that's what we're going to be having to do but i mean i'm definitely going to take advantage of it but it's just going to be a lot yeah of, absolutely yeah but it's just going to be a lot of um planning and many small little boxes because each meal is like it's like four courses right i think or three or four courses. It's three three yeah three oh, courses. three okay yeah um okay so i have this bonus question because okay. I read your article um where to find the best pizza and take out the best <laughs> takeout and delivery pizza um in Miami right now and I have been dying to talk to someone about this because I'm so excited and so confused and I have all these emotions about it but old Greg's old Greg's ah, yes old Greg so <laughs> okay <laughs> so I um okay on friday Mm -hmm. all day long no not just friday it was the whole week of last week i was like i've made it this habit to order pizza every friday now just to make my life a little bit more interesting and i yeah and so i like all week long last week i was like okay i'm really excited i'm on friday i'm gonna order old greg's pizza (laughs) And it's I can't wait. So Friday finally came and like Friday after Friday afternoon came and I ordered it and I was like, oh, that was it. That was so easy. Like what? (laughs) And then I and then I checked my email confirmation for my order and it said, all right, you're all set for your pickup on August 9th. 2020 and I was like what August so I was super <laughs> confused so I so it was just really a really funny moment because I was like so proud of myself at how I'm like everyone's talking about how this is so hard to access and yeah. I just did it in two seconds but anyway okay tell can you talk a little bit about old Greg's and the whole deal with old Greg's yeah absolutely so old Greg's um was started by a chef named Greg. <laughs> uh, and it, it basically, it kind of went viral uh, over, over quarantine time, over our, our, our shutdown. Um, so he was making, uh, it, the, the dough is what's really special about it. It's like, it's not yeast driven. It's like almost a sourdough-based dough. Oh, love that. Um, okay. So it's like super airy. You can actually like, you can eat it and not just kind of feel like heavy after, which I feel is the case for a lot oh, of pizzas. Yeah. Like, you know, you kind mm-hmm. of feel like, just like you have like a loaf of bread in your stomach, which is yeah. absolutely the case. So, yeah. um, you know, they were basically planning, him and his partner, Jackie, were planning um, to do a pop-up 
in late March, they were going to do a pop-up of the pizza, kind of get the buzz out there for mm-hmm. this. And then, um, and then basically what happened was everything got shut down. So they couldn't do the pop-up, uh... but you know, they, they handed out the pizzas to different friends and family. Jackie and Greg have both been kind of in the hospitality industry for, I'd say 10 to 15 years each. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Jackie is kind of on the marketing side and, so she knows a ton of reporters and uh, Instagram influencers and all that mm-hmm. stuff, kind of tastemakers within the industry. And she mm-hmm. gave the pizzas out to them. Hey, you know, try it. Let us know what you think. Mm-hmm. So they did. And of course, these people post them on social media. I, I, I got to try it. Uh, I posted oh. online. I can't tell you how many people were like, oh, my God, I need, you know, the pizza. What do you have to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I was I was lucky. Um, I, I got when of the pizza I believe in like January or February I, I heard about it I'm such a pizza fan myself like I yeah. I think I could eat pizza every day of my life and and be totally okay with it yeah. um so I remember asking Jackie and and Greg like oh my god like when can I try this pizza and they're like soon 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 so when I saw that they started making them like you know the first week of quarantine I was like hey you know like how can I get one like you know and they're like mm-hmm. okay we're making a handful of them tonight um, you can try it then. And that's actually how oh. their their partner, uh, their new partner, Brad Kilgore, got involved. Um, oh, I'm, I'm obsessed with him. Yeah, he's, he's, he's fantastic. <laughs> he's awesome. So yeah. um, he's a huge pizza fan himself. And he heard about them around March. And he actually asked for one of their pizzas in lieu of a birthday cake. Um, oh, my. Wow. Yeah. That and then he lot. so he got to try it. He loved the idea. And then basically he asked them, hey, where are you guys, you know, like, what's your plans? And um, so he offered up uh, his his uh, bar in the Miami Design District called Kaido. He offered okay. up the kitchen there for Greg to basically do this, like, takeout concept from the kitchen there. It's, so it's a fully, okay. it's a beautiful, large kitchen. So, and right now mm-hmm. bars can't be open. So it makes sense for them to be doing oh, the pop-up yeah. out of there. Okay. And it's takeout. It's takeout only. Um, they have a few chairs set up outside if you do want to like sit and, and like eat outside. They also do like slushies to go and they've actually flushed out the whole menu. So I got to give it a try a couple weeks back. Um, they have like these really delicious chicken wings, polenta crusted chicken wings. They're doing like garlic, um, garlic knots with a hollandaise sauce that's like similar to a sauce that uh, Alter had. Brad Kilgore is like marquee restaurant mm-hmm. when it first opened they do this beautiful se- uh, seasonal salad they've added more pizzas to the menu they've added a mushroom um a mushroom pizza they've added a vegetable pizza uh to the menu and in addition to the pepperoni and um cheese pizzas and then they've also added some desserts so it's kind of a full full fleshed out menu right now um yeah and then so the pizzas weren't available to like the public during the quarantine times they announced you know the pop-up i'd say what two weeks ago now Mm -hmm. and you can order them online i believe every wednesday they open up some more slots online uh but check their social media it's at old greg's pizza Mm -hmm. uh to to kind of get further updates don't don't quote me on the 1 p.m thing um but right now (laughs) because you know they only have so many pans the dough is does take a while to proof and all that stuff so it's not just like you can roll out a new dough pizza so i know they're trying to amp up their perfection you know um but right now the demand just you know is through the roof and i would certainly 
you know, to anyone listening, I would tell them if they can get a spot, because I just pulled it up right now, and they said all reservations are sold out now. Like, all the pizzas. Ugh. You you can't even reserve Sorry, one right guys. now. So, <laughs> so yeah. like I said, check their social media, follow along, because they're, they're trying to up their production of them right now as well. Yeah, so. and I... I was very impressed too that um, their salad, they said it's all locally sourced. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then I think it said their tomatoes is from Swank mm-hmm, Farms. Mm-hmm. And actually, a lot of my guests lately have been referring to Swank um, yeah. specialty produce because yeah. they've been getting a lot of their produce from there. Yeah. So I saw that and I was like, oh, I have to get I have to get this because yeah. I, I need to try this. And then um, we'll, we'll see how... Um, I just don't know if I could wait that long, but but I have an order coming next month, and I'm so excited about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, so um, yeah. I've been um also experimenting with, as my listeners know this, I've been experimenting with um sourdough bread, and so I totally understand how long that process takes because because I've been giving a lot of loaves out to my friends and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. some of my friends will cancel on me and they'll be like oh I can't can we, <laughs> can we can we like do the exchange in two days I'm like no actually this takes me three days to make and I have to do it now and like it's such a, it's such a long yeah. process but I love it it's like I'm always learning but I could imagine how you know, they have to get the temperature exactly. to get the times right. And it's not like they could just always have it, Yeah. you know, but it's a, it's a, a lot about timing with that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I know uh, Greg has been working on this recipe for quite some time now. Wow. Um, so, you know, he, he's, it's, it's certainly a labor of love. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd say guys, it's, it's definitely worth the hype. It's definitely worth the, the wait. Um, mm-hmm. I know they're trying to amp up production of them. So just, kind of keep checking their website and uh you should be able to uh to get yeah, those things yeah so everyone just follow them on on social media or their website and then you could keep up up to date with what's going on with them yeah um okay ollie that's it for us thank you so much have a great rest of the day and we'll be in touch thank you me too okay bye-bye <laughs> bye all right that's our show Feel free to subscribe and leave comments below. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you back here next time.